Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. 2016's favorite vegetable of all time. You should be growing kale right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast mini-sode. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts. Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. I'm not lying. 2016, everybody loved kale. I first heard of kale in around 2011, 2012. Like as a human being, I had never heard of kale before. Yeah, me either. And I may have that year wrong too. It may have been (laughs) earlier than that, but we'll just go with 2016. Maybe sound like I knew what I was talking about. Um, now, I have a love-hate relationship with kale personally. Okay. This year, I may have a love relationship because I'm growing a different variety. So, we will see. The jury is still out. I'm waiting for it to cool off before I harvest it. So, before we talked about collards last week, this week, kale is a biennial. So, same thing. Two years, two cold, warm cycles in order to get seeds. Now, we're going to want to plant it three to five weeks before your last frost or six to eight weeks before your first frost. And you can also, this is a good candidate for starting seeds indoors. It loves cool weather. It will bolt if it gets warm. So don't forget that. If it gets too hot, it will bolt. So don't sleep on these guys. You can get them out earlier in the year, much earlier um, than you probably think. And you can look at your extension services and stuff like that online. It'll really give you a good idea. But in the fall, they're a great candidate, too, because they're very cold hardy. Um, just like with the collards, these are going to be 12 to 18 inches. Um, when I did my research, I, I kept in mind square foot gardeners when I did my research. Mm-hmm. And then I kept in mind my experience. And so every time I give you spacing, I'm giving you my experience over my research and the 18 inches tends to work better because you get thicker, fuller plants. Um, If you do them every 12 inches, they're really compact. They will crowd each other out. And then I feel like you kind of, you sacrifice the amount that you can get per plant. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. You're also, uh, you're able to direct sow kale. Um, Preference and recommendation would be to transplant like Ben described. Um, If you direct sow it, it's going like a half an inch deep as far as the seed goes. The variety of kale and direct sowing really matters, right? There's some kale varieties that are much quicker to germinate and grow up. Um, your traditional curly kale, that's the one everyone loves. I absolutely recommend uh, transplanting that into your garden. I hate curly kale. I know. I know. Everyone besides you. Yeah. We'll see how my Tuscana works this year. <laughs> so um, why don't you go on to the next part? 
All right. So um, we've already covered wind and plant spacing, um, fertilizing, which is one of my least favorites, but one of Ben's favorites. Similarly, <laughs> you're growing this for the leaves. So you want something that's uh, high in nitrogen as far as fertilizing. You can fertilize at the point of these plants have, I'd say, five or six actual leaves on them and then do a cycle every as often as every two weeks, uh, but for sure every month. Um, you mentioned that they were um, super duper hardy, and that's important because um, it's something that's ideal for your fall garden. Um, I'm ready to move on to companion plantings as this clock ticks. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Kale is so hardy that in zones seven through nine, if you get a mild winter, it will grow all winter long. And I can attest to that. Mm -hmm. So just be aware that if you plant it in the fall, you can grow kale all winter long. And more than likely, you can still go out and get a starter plant right now and stick it in the ground. And you can very well possibly have that. And if you throw a cover, it's even better. So to add, it up. Let me also add to that, too, because, you know, tit for tat, right? So, yeah. um... I've left kale in my garden that has absolutely complete freezing temps below zero temps, feet of snow uncovered. And that plant obviously looks dead on the top, but come spring, you get new leaves. So yeah, that's amazing. It's good stuff. All right. Companion planting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so companion plants up. Uh, some of the herbs love kale. So I have cilantro, dill. Um, it's okay to plant them with things like uh, chives or shallots. Um, marigolds, which is everyone's friend. I'm not, it's not in my garden, but buckwheat is listed as a legitimate uh, companion plant for kale. Do you have any others? Um, yeah, I do. I have reasons too. So um, spinach is a good ground cover. Mm -hmm. um, beets and potatoes will loosen the soil and garlic leeks and chives like you alluded to they help repel spider mites and aphids okay supposedly um, yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so what um, are your foes it's really simple strawberries that was the only foe that really could fall into the time frame in which they're planted um, and they would uh, apparently they attract the pests to it so um, we'll not find sure. out next spring because I have both of those in the same bed. Dude, I have my kale is like inches from my strawberries. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll find out. Um, <clears throat> but pests. So let's get back to the pests. Similar to um, other brassicas, right? Go ahead. Yeah. It's aphids, cabbage loopers, cabbage worms, cut worms, flea beetles, slugs and snails. So you want to watch out for holes in the leaves, which is a big key with all of these big leafy plants. Um, again, BT for the caterpillars, neem for everything else, or spinicide for the flea beetles. Um, and flea beetles can really be an issue because you don't really see them and then they will congregate heavily. Um, another thing to look out for or to use for slugs and snails, you can use beer traps or traps in general. I actually use a product. It's in our Amazon link below. Um, it's a snail thing. And what it has in it, it's called, it has iron phosphate in it. So it attracts them. They eat it. They spread it. When they mate, they die. But what it also does is it adds phosphate back to your soil. So it acts as a little bit of a nutrient enhancement for your soil. So keep that in mind. And I used it before and it works. I have to go get some more. It, it works really good. So um, and then diseases. 
Same as we said last week, a lot of the similar uh, vegetables share in similar diseases, things like um, club root again, which is the most frightening one for me. Um, you have things like fungal diseases. Um, I've seen, believe it or not, depending on the kale variety, powdery mildew uh, can set in on things like kale, especially the flat leaf of kale, not so much your curly leaf. Um, so those are some of the diseases I came across, but I'm sure you have some others. Actually, I don't. And I did not have powdery mildew, which was interesting. So let's stop for a second because I battle powdery mildew with everything. Um, so the flat leaf varieties get the powdery mildew, correct? That have I you seen that? I've seen that. I've read that. I've actually seen it on last week's crop, but I didn't get a chance to mention it last week. Okay, I've so you get it, it on, in your garden. I've seen it in my garden on collards. I've read about it on flat leaf kale. Now, does it persist through Meaning the winter? Year over or? year. Yeah. You won't find out in my garden because uh, one of the recommendations was to keep things tidy. It was one of the first years I pulled the plants out of the garden, um, basically between fall and winter. So I didn't give it a chance to set in. Right. Uh, it won't live in the soil. It will live on the plants and that plant debris. Um, so that's the reason why I pulled it out of the garden. So it didn't return. I also rotated my crops too. So there's that. Uh, see, I always heard that powdery mildew will live in the soil, which kind of confused me because it doesn't really get in the soil much. So there's that. Um, I reached out to the extension service for Illinois last year to question that because I had some of the same concerns. Okay. Um, and they gave me the answer that it lives in the soil. They came back and retracted it and said, our subject matter expert says it doesn't. It's going to nice. stay in the, uh, yeah, on the leaves. So get that stuff out of your garden. So was that, um, was that based on research or like they just told you wrong? The, I think it was based on a second person knowing better, basically. Okay. You know, because like you know how you, first, you read. Yeah. The first level uh, support. And then they probably had sent the inquiry out. And then when that person got back to them, they had to clarify that statement. Okay. Now that makes sense. It's just every, like everywhere you read, it's like it lives in the soil. You can't mm -hmm. replant there. So that's good to know. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I'll get it. Um, one way to kind of avoid it is don't let leaves lay on the ground. Mm -hmm. So if you have leaves that are touching the ground, cut them. That's also a good avenue for um, snails to get onto your leaves to climb up your plants as well. Mm -hmm. It gives them more of a uh, area to walk up. And then harvesting. Uh, absolutely cut and come again. Any of these plants, if I say cut and come again, you can uh, harvest the entire leaf. These plants grow from the center, right? So take the leaves from the outside. Same idea of, I'm just, I'm not even going to say the size of your hand. I'm going to say if the leaf is large enough for you th to think you enjoy, then harvest it. I'd go larger than what you see as baby leaves for spinach and things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it can be enjoyed really at any size, Kale. Um, did we mention that it is super hardy and can withstand temperatures as low as 20 degrees as well? Did we mention yeah. that for kale? Yep. Yeah, we did. And so, um, one thing to think about too, when you're harvesting is you're doing a cut and come again, which if you don't know what cut coming, it means you cut around the outside, you leave the middle, it grows, you cut around the outside. And that's why most people do multiple plantings. They don't just have one so they can kind of eat around one or two plants and then eat around another one or two plants while the other ones grow. But what that, what you do is make sure you leave enough in the middle for them to spread out and grow. Right. One other note, your plants going to grow up unless you have a dwarf variety, right? So you're 
harvesting those outer leaves, that plant's going to get taller and taller. Make room for that in your garden plan, if you will. Yeah. See, the curly kale that I grew, I think, was a dwarf and it never got tall. Mm-hmm. It just kept growing and growing. So out. Um, now, the part that everybody that is into nutrition is all concerned about is there a serving size of kale consists of five spears. There's 20 calories, four grams of carbs, two grams of dietary fiber, and two grams of protein per serving. So that's big. Um, it's just a lot of, you know, when you look at a lot of people are worried about carbs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so, and if you do, if you really want to get tricky with it, four grams of carbs, two grams of a dietary fiber means that there are two net carbs per serving. So if you're really into it like that, I'm not, a vegetable is a vegetable to me. I pretty much crush it no matter what. Um, now we have a little bit of time left. So do you want to talk about some varieties, like stuff that you've grown? I do. So, um, I am the biggest fan, believe it or not, of the typical curly kale. Vats or, yeah, I think it's pronounced vats or vates. V-A-T-E-S is a common variety for that. Um, Russian kale, red Russian kale or white Russian kale is really prolific in my garden. Um, It is a definitely a softer, um, more dainty leaf. Um, But those plants get big, produce a lot for you. Um, and then I'd say one that I found that I've not grown before, winter boar, winter like the season, B-O-R. And that is, it looks like the vates um, and it's also frost tolerant. Um, to note, red Russian and white Russian kale isn't as hardy as like your typical curly kale. Okay, that's interesting. So my curly kale that I've grown typically in the past is very hardy, mm-hmm. um, does very well last all winter. Um, but I don't like the texture of it. I do not like the texture of it at all. It's just not pleasant. Um, it's very hard for me to clean. So this year I'm growing Toscana kale that was, um, and which I think is the same as dinosaur kale. Yeah. It's the same. It's one more name of it that it normally goes by. Which was, um, Miss, Miss Batavia recommended to me. And I'm also growing dazzling blue kale. Mm -hmm. So, um, don't know much about it. To be honest, they both look the exact same. So there's that, but what do you do? You know what I mean? We're going to test it out. We're going to see, I'm not ready to write kale off yet. Uh, I went to a restaurant the other day and had actually had a salad that was mostly kale. And I think it was like a dinosaur kale and it was pleasant. So, yeah. So um, Tuscan kale, dinosaur and Damn it, I forgot it, it again. No, no. Um, I don't. It's, it doesn't matter at this point. I think they well, get I don't it. want to offend the kale. <laughs> and uh, lacinato kale. That's all three. As far as I've done in research over the years, they're all three. There's probably some nuanced difference, but that's beside the point. Massage your kale if you are if you have the curly leaves and you're not a fan of them. Uh, quick bonus items. Kale chips are all the rave using curly kale. You can add kale to stews. It's pretty sturdy. Um, it is absolutely great for freezing and any way you would cook Southern, Southern greens, insert kale, sub kale. Yeah. So saute it, cook it, fry it, make chips out of it, whatever you want to do. And that is kale. So you know what? You guys should grow kale. Now, you know, I hope you had your notebook and your pen. And if you didn't go back and re-listen and take notes because this is gold and, um, stay safe, be cool. And until next time. Grow it and see ya. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, 
we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 